friends. I want to warn you that this particular episode will raise your eyebrows, whether you're in or out of the cannabis industry. I'm going to ask you to reserve judgment until you hear the whole story. And I want to remind you that we're all learning what the effects of cannabis can do for almost all creatures on this planet and without the harm that comes with prescription medications. Please listen as my guest tells this astonishing tale of survival in the realms of autism. He's going to shock a lot of people, but we must give him the benefit of the doubt because, as they say, the proof is in the pudding. Join me for part one of a frank conversation about kids and cannabis right after the intro. Welcome to Season 4 of the Cannabis Truth Podcast. I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good and what's not, and what it does. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval, yet. Using cannabis mindfully as medication is a different concept in Western healthcare specifically of the past 100 years. There's a lot to learn and reconsider. The information you'll find here comes straight from the scientists and clinicians doing the work and reporting their findings in real time through various live online outlets. The specific scientific truth of cannabis is finally getting out and is wide open for all to see at respected medical sites like PubMed.gov and JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. And I'm right there in the thick of it with all those titans of medicine as a fly on the wall because I'm not a doctor, nor did I go to medical school, but I did take dozens of private cannabis courses from doctors and scientists and still engage in continuing education offered by cannabis expert scientists over the past few years and slowly began to see and understand the bigger picture. Now I talk to people all day long about cannabis and hopefully inspire them to research the facts as we know them today. Cannabis is an amazing alternative in health remedies. It can reportedly alleviate typical disease problems and troubling side effects, even those caused by synthetic prescriptions. This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman, not a doctor, not a scientist, raised by nuns and wolves in the verdant cattle pastures of the Oklahoma oil fields. I'm here to amplify the truth of this great big story of cannabis in historical, political, scientific, and spiritual terms so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you choose to ingest. It sounds like I have Dan. Hey, how you doing, honey? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for asking, and what a delight to have you to uh, uh, tell our audience what is happening in your world of cannabis. I really appreciate your time. Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, I enjoy talking about it. It's always uh, ever changing, so it's. Uh... 
Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at a, yeah, yeah, I'm sitting here looking at a picture of you with a bunch of uh, bottles of oil behind you and reading that you're in quality systems and compliance, compliance. I don't know why, but for some reason, that was my first curiosity love in cannabis and how the hell all all that was going to wash out when the language of cannabis is rolling underneath our feet you know how is everybody going to be able to understand how to comply when nobody has the same understanding of literal words in the cannabis industry sure yeah exactly when when i first started this the the terminology was all over the place and depending on where you were who you talked to or (laughs) you know who you know, an extractor versus a grower or something like that. They all use different terms. And yeah. you know, things have been somewhat standardized uh, over the years. Oh, I'm um, glad you know, to I, hear that. Um, but there's still, a, there's still a lot of confusion, I, I, I think, uh, that should be clarified. And, you know, I, I try to do my best to add it with my publications and such. But, um, yeah, just educating the masses on it is, is, is important and difficult. And then you have to stay up with the science in order to be accurate. Correct. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow. So R&D for beverages, CBD, THC, cosmetics, and supplements. Former Big Pharma. Your philosophy. I bet you're a fun dinner partner. (laughs) <laughs> uh, either really fun or really boring depends on what your, what your taste is <laughs> not at all and speaking of taste ice cream shop owner for real yes. yep. we opened that this past January wow what a lovely thing to do and I just have a, a very Rockwellian picture of you in an apron behind a counter <laughs> actually that's uh, that that uh, Thursdays and Fridays are my uh, my days to do the ice cream. So I'm I'm here today, and we open up in a little while. So uh, we'll just what's do this, your uh, this chat what's your favorite? That. Yeah, what's your favorite, and why? Favorite ice cream? Yeah. Um, lately I've been liking. So we do soft serve, mm. um, and I've been liking the vanilla with crushed Oreos and raspberry syrup. That's been my favorite lately. Wow. Uh, we also do pancakes and waffles and advertise like ice cream for breakfast or breakfast for dessert uh, type thing. So a giant Belgian waffle with vanilla ice cream on it and uh, Tell- Mrs. Butterworth original is oh. probably my favorite waffle. <laughs> my mouth is watering already. Tell Mar- tell our <laughs> audience, where are you and when do we and what time do you open? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're open uh, 11 to 7 every day. And we are located in Penrose, Colorado on Highway 115 uh, at the stoplight. There's only one stoplight here in town. So, Fantastic. Yeah. I've lived in a one stoplight town before. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it, we, I, I was scared because when, when I purchased the property, there was no light out here. And when I purchased it, they started tearing up the highway. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to see anybody for a year now. <laughs> and oh, no. and l- luckily, they were putting in stoplights. Uh, so oh Highway 115 gosh. here has 17,000 cars a day driving down it. So them putting a stoplight in was really a, a big help for us. That's yeah. fantastic. Awesome. That's good karma. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, awesome. the, ice cream, the ice cream shop is named Mona Moose. And uh, Mona was my grandmother's name. 
And it is now my granddaughter's middle name. Oh, how precious. Um, is so it M-O-N-A? Yes, M-O-N-A-M-O-O apostrophe S. I love it. Um, That's a, it's a lovely name, Mona. Wow, Mona Moos. Yeah. How it's wonderful. definitely old school. <laughs> yes, yeah, it certainly is. Hey, what I really wanted to talk to you about, and congratulations, by the way, on such a lovely creation as Mona Moos. I oh, bet that's a delightful place to be, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's fun. It, it's fulfilling, uh, satisfying spiritually, I, w- I would say. I you know, would too. Couples in here on a date or, you know, there yeah. was a little little boy in here a couple of weeks ago. He actually took his first steps here. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, just things like that, that we can provide, you know, to the, the small community we're in. And that's, that's really why we opened it. It was actually going to be our second CBD retail shop. Um, but halfway through the remodel, I made the decision to go ice cream instead, which is a pretty big I love pivot. It. That's, that's a pretty big pivot. Yeah. Uh, were you worried about the CBD, um, laws and all that jazz going on and rolling no not 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 so much because i'm I'm, i i live and breathe that daily so Mm -hmm. i I can you know uh you know a lot of people are in a a tugboat trying to you know navigate through the rough waters and Mm -hmm. i'm on a speedboat on glass you know it's it's, (laughs) i'm pretty really familiar with it so but as far as the regulations and stuff go it would the the property was actually owned by a former client of mine who was my one of my CBD private label clients. Oh wow! Um, so and this was their shop, um, and I was asking him about uh, customer and traffic flow and, and yeah. stuff like that. And he's they they didn't do good business here at all. Yeah. Um, mainly because there was no light. People were flying sixty five past here, and they yep. never even see the place. You know. Yep. Um, so you know the light went in. That was a good thing, but I was still thinking. I was like, well, you know, they didn't do good at CBD. I mean, there's dispensaries all over the place. You know, there's really not a whole lot of food here. Um, you know, and I saw food and, you know, catering more towards the kids. And not having a CBD company, I can be involved with, like, you know, school softball leagues and, oh, you know, yes. after school programs and, you know, getting with the community. I had to share a stop here and ask for gift cards for, you know, a raffle they were doing for when the schools opened up and stuff. You know, so, I mean, when you do CBD, you don't get those types of things. And that's the you kind don't. of fulfillment that we're looking for. I see. Oh, my goodness. And then when they get to know you, as they will, they can understand the the rest of it. I can't wait for you to tell us about 420 Autism. Yes. So 420 Autism is a Colorado-based nonprofit. Um, I want to be very clear about this. We are not a 501c3. Um, we were purposely not a 501c3 because we are constantly at the Capitol pushing agendas. I see. Um, but we are recognized, you know, state, state-wise, we are, you know, a, a, a nonprofit entity. Um, that was founded in, I believe, December of 2015. Mm-hmm. And that was based off of, uh, well, it was my girlfriend at the time uh, when I met uh, her. Um, it, she reached out to me because her son Colt, um, he's se- severely autistic, self-harming, um, nonverbal, uh, you know, finger, you know, feeding, mm. um, you know, free feed, like it was just chaos. Essentially, yes. Right. Yes. Um, I was doing some other work. She saw me on TV with that. And then she followed me on Facebook 
and we end up um, we end up hooking up, and I started working with Colt, and you know it was kind of funny because she asked me she goes what do you know about autism, and you know being very honest I'm like I don't know anything about autism yeah. at all. Yeah. However, I've worked with this plant for you know probably close to thirty years now, mm-hmm. um, and I fully believe in it and trust it. And whatever you're looking to do, I believe we can manage that using this plant in some way, shape, or form. If you're willing to give it a shot, let's just try the life experiment that we're going to do here and mm-hmm. see what happens. Wow. Um, so oddly enough, I found out that. Um, so she had moved. So Colt and Jamie moved here from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And when they moved here, they moved, you know, they came here for the legal uh, cannabis. Yes. Uh, you know, that was available for a time. And there was, I, which I didn't know this, but I guess Colorado actually had commercials in other states advertising, come to our state for your medical needs. This is part <laughs> of the great mother's medical marijuana movement to Colorado yeah, like to save their babies. And yes. yes uh, yep, yep, yep. This is to save their babies. In, 2012 to 2014 that was a huge movement it's huge it still is really i mean because there are you know still so many states that are not participating but please go ahead very true um so when um when when she started talking to me uh you know about cannabis use I, i was asking her you know has he ever been exposed to it um, not like in a household setting, you know, but has he mm-hmm. used it, ingested it in creams, vapes, you know, what, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. He's six years old at this time. Okay. All right. And uh, she had, um, you know, confided in me and told me that um, realistically, it went, you know, back when she was in Phoenix, um, she had come home from the doctor with Colt and had a couple prescriptions in her hand. And at this time, up to this point, Colt has never had any sort of medical prescriptions or anything like that to, for uh-huh. his autism. Um, and she's sitting there with these things as she's smoking and relaxing and trying to get a grip on her life and reality at that moment. Right. And she's like, wait a second, I'm smoking this to relax. What if he did? And she, she, she goes, you know what, I'm going to search the internet. If I find one person using cannabis for autism, I'm doing it. So she searched and she found Miko Perez in California. And her son, Joey, was, uh, he, he's uh, you know, really uh, autistic. And I believe he had uh, cerebral palsy as well. Oh, my. Um, and she was using cannabis with great results. So she started reading her blogs and stuff. And she's like, okay. Well, I'm going to do it. And she pulled the hit and kind of shotgunned it to him. Kind of like, you know, when you're dating yep. with your other, you know, you yep. put your hands over their face and, you know, blow a smoke in her face. And it was within seconds. She saw it in his face. He just oh my God. sat down and chilled out. She's like, oh, my God. So after like a day or two of this, she got a call from the school saying, hey, we noticed cults improve so much. What's going on? Right. She's in an illegal state at this point. Right? Of course. She can't say <laughs> so, anything. So she's like, oh my God, I gotta get out of here. <clears throat> so she hightailed it to Colorado. And then, you know, six, eight months went by and, and then she met up with me. Um, and so at this point, I'm asking her, okay, has he been exposed to this? And she confided in me, you know, what she has done up to this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, okay. Um, well, let's, uh, let's try it, you know. And um, I grow uh really old uh, strain of Durban poison, um, super high THC, low CBD, 
um, high THCV, which will be important mm -hmm. um, in a few minutes in the mm -hmm. story here. Cannabidiverin. Um, yep. And, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, you know, we, so she was, you know, giving him a, a Durban poison mm -hmm. again, shotgunning it to him as mm -hmm. normal. And a couple days go by and I went over, you know, and I, I want to just hold on a second here because I know if everybody, if anybody who's listening to this is thinking in their mind right now, oh my gosh, you're giving smoke to a six-year-old, okay? And I want to frame this very, very carefully, okay? Um, when we're talking self-harming, uh, freehand eating, um, non-verbal, um, and all these other things that are very, very health detrimental, we made the executive call to say, you know what? The smoke is going to be the least of his worries at this point. And if it does become a problem later on, we'll, we'll, we will address it then. But right now we're worried about making him a, a, a compatible human being with our society. That, that's our main goal right now. Whatever that takes, that's what we're going to do. Let me just also say mm -hmm. the nightmare of fear that parents live with, with a self-harming autistic child is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. The fear that you live with that your child is going to do something that's, you know, really going to break something or somebody or him or her or whatever. And it's, it's so frightening to be in that position because it's, it's like you said, it's chaos. It's out of control. And so go ahead with your story. I'm so glad you framed this, this philosophy of, oh, my God, you're giving a, you know, that judgment into what it really is. Yeah. yeah. Because um, no, the I relief mean, that, 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 that it, that it, that it, how, that it, that it gave is going to be obvious with your story. Right. And, you know, we even got that judgment within our own cannabis community of friendly smokers and users within us. And they would look at us like, wow, you guys are really on the fringe. Like, okay, wait a second. We're all here in the group together, right? Like, you know, but um, so what had happened? So after a few days of him taking the Durban poison, I went back to her house um, and I walked in and I was there for maybe five minutes. And Colt was at the, um, at the TV watching, watching TV. And you remember um, watching Music Choice, right? Uh, on like cable mm -hmm. TV. Mm -hmm. And when you would do that, they would have like uh, little facts about the artist and yes. you know, the, the record and all that type of stuff. And it might scroll across the bottom of the screen and you know, yes. the music's playing. And he's sitting there reading it out loud. Oh my gosh. And I'm just sitting there in the living room, stunned watching him. And I'm like, I turn around to the kitchen where she was. I was like, so when did he start reading? And Ooh. her jaw was just dropped. She's just standing. She goes, uh, just now. I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh. <laughs> and it wasn't like, uh, but he's like the cat and the, you know, I mean, just straight up. I mean, what we had found out was it was locked inside of him. He always knew how to talk. He knew vowels, he knew syllables, he knew how to speak. He's heard speaking for six to seven years of his life already. So he he's learning. Yeah, he's learning he, the whole time. He was just blocked. Yes. Yep. Oh, oh my God, so that's interesting. So it was instantly, I'm just going to start reading. It's like, what? You know, there, there was no like casual conversation. It was like, I'm going to read. <laughs> that's amazing. We like, oh, well, I guess we're on the right track. Let's keep doing this, you know? Wow. Um, 
so as time went on, we um, started, you know, using um, uh, vape products, uh, an electronic vape pen, you know, put a little piece of shatter in the back then it was like a little glass bulb on a electronic pen and um you know a little piece of shatter in there and and he would puff on that and he was doing really good um he would be going to school and and everything and everything was was great he was participating in school he was um you know being uh i mean i, I don't really like the word but he was being obedient and compliant and everything right. you would want to ask for right this is using strictly the durban poison that i grew um, in between harvests, we went to a local dispensary and purchased the products there. So for about two weeks or so, he was on the dispensary products. And yeah. again, doing the, you know, buying Durban shatter from them, putting it in his pen so he could smoke it. Um, you know, trying to buy Durban flour, um, different agave-based tinctures. And, you know, we found a few products, you know, combination that, you know, really worked, seemed to work well for him. Um, but not good enough. So mm -hmm. what we have going on with the school is we have a notebook that follows him back and forth in his backpack mm -hmm. and the teacher would write in the notebook, um, you know, how the day went. Right. And then mm -hmm. we would get it and we would reply back and send it back and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now she's only been in the state for maybe a year or two at this point. Colt is pretty new at school. You know, it's like a second, you know, starting the second year there or something. Uh -huh. And, um, We've never told the school at all that he's a medical cannabis patient. Friends, I'm just stunned to realize how difficult it is to find trustworthy, high quality CBD products that are full spectrum, whole plant, with all the natural compounds extracted from the plant for you to consume as nature provided. They just don't carry it in the dispensaries in my town. They push their own isolate brands, and that's just not good enough for me. It doesn't have all the compounds. I've heard a lot of complaints about how to find consistent, over-the-counter CBD products, and I have a solution. I became an affiliate partner with Healer Hemp Products. And Dr. Dustin Sulak, a, a doctor of osteopath who created this line, is truly one of the greatest leaders in cannabis therapy walking the planet today, giving his patients relief from their issues for many, many years with his Healer CBD products that can now be shipped to all 50 states. I use his acidic version of cannabidiol, or CBD-A. It has everything plus a lot more of the compound which Dr. Sulak and other leaders in this industry have found to be more potent, thereby using less, which ends up making a big difference to your wallet, but it also adds many benefits to your body. Start lifting your quality of life with Healer CBD products today and check out a savings that I can offer you in the link below. We didn't want any, any sort of judgment at all, you know, uh, passed on to him. Right. Um, so we just never mentioned that, you know, it's our business. We do it at home. He goes to school. We're good, you know. Um, but when, um, when we were doing this notebook and the teacher uh, would write in there, and this is while he was on the dispensary products, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
When Colt got off the bus, he ran out into the parking lot, you know, flight risk. Um, earlier today, he drew on somebody else's crayons or you uh-huh. know, today in the bathroom, you know, he was acting up and ran down the hallways and, you know, just different mischievous type thing. Not really bad, but I mean, there is things that were. Sounds like a little work. boy to me. Right. You know, um, so we are like, oh, well, I wonder what's going on. And then so a couple of weeks later, we harvest our product and start administering that back to him. The notes in the notebook where Colt was a model student today. He got to pick a treasure from the treasure chest. Colt was line leader today. He did great. Oh my god! Five star day. He behaved on the bus and followed everybody. Like everything was on point. And we're like, why is that the difference? Terpenes. Between homegrown and dispensary, right? And for me, I'm, um, I like to think I'm a somewhat <laughs> spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And I have a connection with my plants. Jamie says, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're gone on vacation for a few days, your plant leaves are down, they're kind of hanging. You come Aww. home, boom, they're up. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I say sometimes, you know, I can hear them when I need water. Mm. Or I can, you know, I, there, there's a weird noise that I feel or hear or whatever you want to call it. But I introduce Colt to the plants and he likes to water them. He has his relationship with them. Yeah. You know, so there's a part of him and the plant and there's a part of the plant in him. So there's symbiotic relationship between the two of them, right? That doesn't happen in a dispensary commercial grow setting. I mean, no. at best, you're lucky if a person ever touches a plant there. Well, right. And you don't have a relationship, you know, a personal relationship with your um, subscri- prescription pills. Other than, right. oh, my God, I can't ever stop taking them. <laughs> so we, I, I, I'm a firm believer that that is, you know, a really good big part of why it's so effective for him because they are his and they're they're a part of each other um and also uh you know my my growing style it might be a little different than most um you know an indoor small scale controlled you know we we get a lot better product out of our personal growth than you know i've ever seen in a dispensary um now testing wise i'm i mean of course, I'm, 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 you know, a scientist, you know, pharma, R&D, and all these other things. When we're talking about testing and stuff like that, honestly, in this industry, I'm, I, take, I take test results with a grain of salt. Um, why? Because why? To me, they why? don't really mean a whole lot. Why not? Um, They're not doing the right kind of test? Well, anybody can pass a test. I, I, can, I can grow a plant in my garage and make oil in my garage and turn it into a tincture and I can send it in for a full panel test and it'll pass everything. But does that mean it was made in a quality environment? No, that, that's not tested. I, you know, I, 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 I've been saying for a few years, I want to get t-shirts made. It says, screw your COA. Let me see your quality system. <laughs> well, um, are, 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 don't they go hand in hand? Possibly, but the quality system dictates how the facility itself is ran and should be. You don't know that when you see just a potency result on a piece of paper. You know, you don't know what the facility condition is like or how the employees are trained or what the aseptic techniques are um, on a test result. Here's my silly presumption. I thought that that the company would have had to already pass those kind of tests in, you know, along with whatever they were testing in the plant for the compounds. B- 
because you can't you can't be growing in a moldy place inside and expect good product. Well, I'm not necessarily saying mold because mold is tested for. Um, snot isn't tested for. Sneeze in a tincture batch isn't tested for. Um, hair particulate, dog hair, fuzzies, those aren't tested for. Um, you know, there, there are certain things and, you know, j just different techniques of, of how medicine processing goes. You know, I spent 17 years in creating a lot of drugs that are pretty common to most people on the planet right now. And, um, you know, the, the techniques that we would use are, I mean, they're, they're the best on the planet that you would ever have. And the same thing with the facilities and engineering mm -hmm. controls and mm -hmm. everything that goes into it. Right. Um, because you were in the big world of big pharma. Right. Right. You know, we're, you know, fortune 100 pharma companies. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we come here and we're looking at, you know, the different grows and the different extraction techniques. I mean, I got guys doing extraction using refrigeration coolant because refrigeration coolant isn't tested on the residual solvent test. They'll always pass. Okay, but that just says to me that that's somebody that doesn't give a shit about the patient. Right, which is a lot of dispensaries because when we're at the Capitol fighting for patient rights, home grow rights, and these sorts of things, it's mm -hmm. always the big dispensaries that are fighting against us. Hmm. So what do you think the answer to this is? Because I, I, I hadn't considered, <clears throat> you know, uh, that little ramification of, I, I just, I thought it was connected already and it's not, you're telling me. No. Yeah. It's, it, it is so, when I moved out, when I moved to Colorado in 2014 to start doing this work and what I anticipated these facilities to be mm -hmm. were not even two to three percent of what I thought they were. Mm. I mean, we got people working in an abandoned house, and, but it's an industrial zoning and they put fiberglass sheets on the walls and they get their license and go. <laughs> you know? um, um, so I'm... it's like and th these are how these how these guys started out. Now they're big companies with you know many facilities across multiple states and stuff. But back then, this is how they started out. Me coming from pharma, I'm expecting pharmaceutical grade processes, but that was definitely not the case at all. Um, so when I moved here to start doing compliance, I quickly found out that my value in this industry isn't very valuable at all um, because they, I, I just want to meet state. Um, I just want to meet state marijuana regulations and that's it. I don't want anything else for me. I'm, I'm coming in and I'm presenting um, to an extraction company or something like that. I can make, I can bring you up to FDA compliance as far as possible because it's not an FDA approved product, but I can make your facility as bulletproof and FDA as possible. Nope, we don't want it. Okay. We wow. just want to know. We, we just want what the state tells us to do. And here in Colorado, scarily enough, they put, um, are you familiar with uh, the CAPA process? No. Um, so CAPA is corrective action, preventive action. So when an adverse event happens, you basically stop the process. Uh -huh. You correct the thing that happened. 
And then you do a root cause analysis to figure out why that happened. And then you put measures in place to prevent it from happening again, right? That sounds so that's, reasonable. That's, that's a very standard QA tool that we okay. view is very commonly. Uh -huh. um, and that was one of the first uh, processes I brought to the state and started presenting to people. I'm like, yeah, we don't need that. I'm like, what do you mean? This is recall. This is, what do you mean you don't need this? They're like, yeah, the state doesn't require that. Colorado just started requiring CAPA uh -huh. in 2021. Oh my gosh. 100% true. So that's that when, when we're working with an industry, we think that there's all this stuff going on, but behind the scenes, it's really not that developed. Um, at least from a larger perspective view, of, you know, pharma view looking back this way. Now, if you were, if you didn't know anything about that and you were a grower moving along, you'd think, oh my gosh, there's all these regulations of the state I got to deal with. But realistically in the, in the big world, it is, it's not a lot of regulations at all. Um, you know, cannabis is, I believe is probably more tightly regulated because the state can um, control it more at the state level per individual state, right? Now, hemp and CBD, that is tenfold more chaos than, than cannabis is because you have a federal uh, farm bill that allows it. And then every state has their own USDA regulations on how that state is going to do it. So there's a lot of confusion. Well, we, I know the state says this, but the feds say we can do that. Well, which one's right? Uh, you know, um, you know, that's where we see all these Delta eights and HCCs and these synthetics. And one of the things I really gets under my skin is the THCA uh, in the hemp world, mm. you know, and, and all these things. And it's like, everything is all over the place. It really and is. Things seem to be a lot more controlled than cannabis even though hemp is supposedly federally uh, okay, uh, so to speak, and it's going to be more widely accepted. Um, you know, it's got rid of that nasty THC that gets you high that everybody, you know, <laughs> everybody talks about. Um, but when we're, we're now, we, now we have people looking at these regulations and finding these loopholes and extracting and pushing THC out on a, just a straight commercial market with no cannabis licensing whatsoever. And they're falling behind on their state U S department of ag regulations and mainly around the testing and the verbiage of it. So it's, it's a little, um, it's a little disheartening in the CD, it is. Uh, world. Um, I've been here doing that work and, you know, develop, you know, literally hundreds of products for, you know, 30 to 40 brands over the years. And, you know, I've been doing, I've been trying to be very diligent about my work and how I do these things. Uh -huh. So then seeing what's going on in the masses, I'm like, either I'm thinking, wow, I could have done what these guys did years ago. Um, or I'm thinking, wow, these guys are really going to screw up the whole industry for us, right? Because they're, they're, really, they're really messing with our credibility. Um, because what I found out is a lot of the public is very, very confused when it comes to hemp and CBD, THC versus THCA versus Delta 8 THC and Delta 10 and all these other derivatives. It's a new language. confusing the hell out of people. Yes, it's a new <laughs> language. Oh, yeah. 
you know, and, and even when we're talking, you know, whole plant oils, broad spectrum, full spectrum, yeah. isolates, distillates, and all these other things, you know, and these things are very, very def definitive, but unfortunately, manufacturers don't use them consistently. So they push it out through the publications. And then when the public sees these things, it's just mass confusion, you know. So kind of, you know, th this kind of circles around back to Colt a little bit here because I want to get into the whole plant um, aspect of this. Um, and because this is the, the, the crutch of this, which is, which is extremely important. And another big part of why I believe we saw the huge difference between our homemade product and the dispensary product. Um, yeah, I haven't thought about that too. Let's talk about it at the end. Go ahead. So um, I, I know for a fact when you go buy a candy bar in a dispensary and it's like an Indica, you know, 200 milligram chocolate bar, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I eat that thing. I feel great. Help me sleep or, you know, whatever I'm looking for to manage. And it worked great for me, right? And I go back a week later, I get a candy bar. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to, you know, have a great night's sleep and I eat it and I might feel kind of paranoid or jittery or like, mm -hmm. wow, I didn't feel like that last time. What's going on? It's still an Indica, a uh, 200 milligram is the same branded candy bar. Why do I feel different? It's because when these large facilities make these products, they're nine times out of 10, they're not growing or even extracting their own product. They're exactly. outsourcing the oil from other mm -hmm. companies. Mm -hmm. And if it's 80% or more Indica, it gets stamped as Indica. Now, whether it's grape ape or diesel or whatever these things are, it doesn't matter. Indica is Indica. Boom. And, right. And you have no idea what the terpene content is, which is Nothing. what, of course, is the volume control of cannabis. Yeah. So, and also, if you're messing with a distillate, yeah. The terpene content is probably extremely low. Non-existent. None at all. Because once you hit the 410 degree Fahrenheit to boil that oil to distill yeah, it, they're also those volatile. terpenes are completely destroyed. They just go poof. Yeah. yeah. Um, but distillate is the main go-to for commercial use. Right. Because it's easy and it's cheap. Yes. Well, wait a second now. If it takes... Let's, I'm, I'm just going to throw some random figures out there and it's probably maybe close. Um, you know, if I take 10 one pound plants and I crush that down into whole plant oil and I take that whole plant oil and I heat it up and distill it to make my full spectrum distillate, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that's what that first run of distillate is, full spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, that's about, so if I do my extraction, I'm going to get about 20, 20 to 25% return from my plants. And then once I do my distillation, I'm going to have roughly 10, maybe 15 to 25, depending on, you know, your process, um, percent of distillate out of that whole plant oil. So I'm really chopping this stuff down. You know, we're really removing a lot of the great beneficial things. Mm -hmm. um, however, because of the nature of the process, I can use failed plants. I can clean up my oil. They wash out pesticides if I had a bad test result. I can clean up uh, mold, mildew. Um, I, can, um, I can bleach it and make it a nice golden color instead of a dark black color. Wow. Um, I, can, I can take old tinctures that have expired 
Or let's say state regulations said, hey, you need a new label on your products. Okay, well, guess what? I got to recall all my ones on the shelf. What happens to those? Okay. I mean, realistically, and I not I speculate that this happens. I don't know for sure, but I speculate. I mean, because there's no reason that you can't, that the oil could be extracted back out of it. I've done it myself. Um, just in experimental work, I've made a, 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 a tincture. I completely reversed it and got my amount of oil right back out of it. Wow. Um, so regardless of, you know, what is happening, if I can take this premium giant plant and take those nice buds off the top and I can sell an ounce of that for $100, $150, right? Now I got 10 of these plants and let's say they're 10 one pound plants. I got 10 pounds of this stuff I can sell for a hundred bucks, right? Yes. So why is it I could take that, make it into all this distillate and sell that little bit of distillate for less than what the cost of all those plants would be if I just wholesale those plants out directly. That is a red flag. Why is my distillate cheaper than going and buying raw herb? Because it's made of not that great of stuff. Um, so when we're talking about these edibles and what is happening when we have different effects, we have no idea what the profile is that these manufacturers are getting. You know, so when, when the more serious your medical condition is, the more sensitive you're going to be to the strain, the profile, the, the terpene profile, you're going to be very, very sensitive. Friends, we'll be back next week with part two of this amazing tale from Dan Brandt. I hope this conversation has given you a lot to consider. As I said in the beginning, please reserve judgment until you've heard the whole story. But thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to check out the links in the show notes for more information about autistic kids and cannabis. Thank you. You've been listening to another Cannabis Truth Podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman, Honey Smith Walls. That's me. About the importance of using verifiably safe products. The process of getting a diagnosis from your family doctor and taking your records to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for those issues. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices or strategies. To find a qualified cannabis expert to help you in your area, visit CannabisClinicians.org. It is a national society of cannabis experts, and you'll see that link down below in my show notes. Unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test, please regard all street weed as contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system who already has inflammatory issues like arthritis, IBS, fibromyalgia, or worse. Thanks so much for your time today. I hope you found value and understanding through conversations you've listened to on this podcast. Pax Vobiscum. Oh, I hear the cows calling. Thank you.